say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tuesday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I'm your host, Josh Harris. Finally got the hat off. Feels good. Didn't like that hat. Anyway, we have a fun slate today. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Slim Cliffy. How are you doing today, Cliffy? Uh, doing good, man. Yeah, your appearance on the MMA show kind of threw me <laughs> through a loop because in the morning you had, you know, like a, a little bit of stubble up there and then you were bald in the afternoon. <laughs> it's like, wow, he's really in a rush to get rid of that hair up there, wasn't he? You know what it was? I was like, I'm going to wake up early and shave my head, take a shower. And then like, nope. I was like, I woke up at like 8.15. I was like, oh, I'm going to get the run sheet going. <laughs> and then like I had a few hours in between. So I was like, Let's get this mop off my head because it is a scene. It's a scene now anyway, but I like it better. Just nice and clean shaven. Well, there's no there's no maintenance either, right? Yeah. Once once you start waking up and you can tell that you have bed head, you know it's too long. So oh, yeah, that's true. But yeah, we got we have a we have a really, really interesting nine gamer tonight. We were supposed to be on yesterday, but you know, Ottawa moved their game to 5.30 Eastern, and then DK didn't include it on the main slates. And, you know, we only do shows for four games or more, so that was kind of sad. But, you know, we're going to be busy, so we're going to be busy <laughs> the rest of the year. So take a unscheduled off day when you can get it. How was your uh, weekend? How'd you do? Uh, I got slammed on, on Saturday. Um, I don't know how many more times I can go to the Toronto Maple Leafs well and have it uh, come up dry. Uh, but yeah, I was on the leaves on Saturday, so didn't do well. Did good yesterday. Um, went about 10 X last night. Um, unfortunately, uh, I played a, uh, less than I normally do because, because of that game being moved and there's no other game starting until 9 30 PM at my time. I was like, well, I'm going to go to the early show of Wakanda forever. You know, I don't care if I miss an Islanders game, that's, you know, whatever, um, so I went to go that and that was supposed to run until past DK lock. So I didn't want to play that much in case I missed some news in the theater. And I ended up uh, posting uh, like 166 points last night. Um, did pretty well. If I would have played, uh, I would have never done it. But if I would have played Jordan Bennington over Jacob Marsham, I probably would have just swept everything I entered. But uh, that's kind of what happens uh, on short slates when you play single entry. Sometimes it's just that one missing piece to really get you over the top. But not going to complain about a, a about a 10x night and uh, just look ahead to today. How'd you do? Yeah, man, I had Markstrom too. I, the, the thing that tells me, like, I know you a couple days ago, you're like, oh, I made a really bad swap in single entry. I did the same too. I chickened out on Piotr Kachekhov or whatever the, the Carolina goalie is. Um, 
got a little cold feet there, so I went to Markstrom. I ended up playing um, Colorado one with McCarr and Carolina three, but I had Markstrom, which was just a mess. Um, yeah, I the only thing I cashed was the one fifty, and I ended up making twenty five dollars. I played about half my normal entry fees. I don't know if we've ever talked about how much I play, but normally I play around 500. I played about 250. Um, you see some screenshots in Discord sometimes. I don't like to spam it on Twitter. But, um, yeah, I ended up making 25 bucks because that was the only thing I cashed there, which was nice. So, yeah, we're back at it today. And make sure I see about seven of you guys in chat. Make sure you hit hit that like button. I don't like being the uh, – we don't like being the show with the least amount of likes. So smash that. We have other hosts who brag about how much likes they get. So help us out. And if you hit that, you get – you know, you keep up with all of our shows. If you subscribe, DFS offers, giveaways, much more. If you hit the notification, if you hit the little bell, it goes ding. You get to know when our shows go live. You know when our shows go live. But if you're interested in other sports, it'll tell you when those sports are going live. And obviously – all of our shows are on podcast except for Live Before Locks on the platform of your choice. So if you cannot join us live, which is understandable, it's a Tuesday midday. Some of you guys work. Most of you guys work. We happen to work on screen. So you can catch it on the podcast form on our way home, on your way home from work. It's awesome. But smash that like button, man. These other hosts are bragging about how many likes they get. We want to poo-poo them. Anyway, we have a nice nine-game slate. We should get into that here. We have a, a lot of road team. We were talking briefly before the show. We're both on a lot of road teams here. There's a couple big home totals, which we'll get to, but most of you know, there's a lot of road favorites tonight, which is <laughs> that always makes for an interesting slate because most of the time when you're talking about goalies, you have goalies with, you know, small dogs on the road that might see volume, but a lot of these road teams are favored. So we could be in for an interesting one. So let's hop into that. We have the first game of the night when my lineups load, we have the, of course it's at the bottom. We're off to a great start on this Tuesday. Anyway, it is the Vancouver Canucks with a 3.3 total heading into Buffalo. The Sabres have a 3.3 total as well. Spencer Martin against Craig Anderson. Just a note, Craig Anderson, very cheap on FanDuel, very expensive on DK. Uh, that could be, you know, be interested in Craig Anderson on FanDuel, not so much on DK. Vancouver rolling out Garland, Horvat Miller. Um, I, I can't believe they they healthy scratched Um Kuzmenko, but I don't know if he's going to be back in the lineup tonight, as it is Mick, uh, Ilya Mikheyev with uh, Patterson and Besser. Uh, on the Buffalo side, man, I am struggling. On the struggle bus to start today. We'll get through it. Skinner, Thompson, Tuck, which is always a fun line. Middlestad, Krebs, and Olsen. And then third line, Cousins, Paterka, Gergerson. This is one of those road spots that I have interest in. Just because um, Vancouver isn't showing much ownership, uh, it is a 7 p.m. Eastern start. So if Kuzmenko is back in the lineup, we'll get lines. We'll get definitive lines. I like their power play here tonight. Now, if you want to go to the, the Buffalo side, that's perfectly acceptable. Vancouver's had massive issues on the penalty kill and defensively. So this is 
something that you you know if you're MMing both sides of the game are in play for me. I like the Vancouver side more just as an ownership play. Yeah, um, Vancouver is uh, one of the teams that uh, really kind of drew my eye um, when I was first breaking down the slate. In fact, I wrote up that second line of Pedersen, Besser, Mikheyev in the Power Plays article. Uh, free for everyone to read over at stochastic.com. Just head on over to the NHL section. It should be right on the main page. Um, I did write up uh, the Vancouver second line, uh, like I said, with Besser, Pedersen, and Kuzmenko. Um, the big reason for that is Buffalo's penalty kill um, just hasn't been very good this year. Um, now, Vancouver's power play struggled at the start of the season, but it's really started to turn around. Um, of late, I think they're up to uh, 11 goals per 60 minutes on the power play in the month of November, which, you know, you don't want to throw out bad early results. But um, what they've done recently um, is a lot closer to what they did uh, through uh, the start of the season or through last season. Sorry. So um, I, with Brock Besser moving back to the top power play unit, um, it's it, it does make me want to get more. Um, onto onto Buffalo or onto Vancouver here, onto that Vancouver second line. Um, matchups aren't really a huge concern. Sometimes we talk about matchups and which line um, everybody's going to face. Bob, whether it's Buffalo one um, with Tuck and, and Thompson and Skinner or Buffalo two uh, with Olofsson and Middlestat, um, both lines are below water by expected goal share this year. Um, the, the Buffalo top line especially just loves to trade chances back and forth so like i'm not too concerned about ownership if people want to go to uh like horvat and miller instead uh like i would have absolutely no argument with that um it's just they're getting really expensive like 7700 bo horvat is really really expensive now he's scoring a lot but he's you know also writing a pretty good percentage bender here um and it's you know it's just a, a bit of a pricing thing that kind of worries worries me so that's why i have uh, Vancouver too, uh, listed in my power plays article. And I do like them here tonight, as you mentioned, not a lot of ownership on them. And in fact, I'll bring up our, our top stacks here, uh, real quick. You can see our top stacks tool, uh, Vancouver two right there, uh, 3.7% ownership, 2.8 or 3.7% top two percentage, 2.8% ownership. So they've got good leverage here tonight. So, yes, Vancouver too, but it's really just Vancouver power play overall that I'm looking at. On the Buffalo side, I do like the top line matchup here. Um, I wrote about Tage Thompson in that power place article. And what the thing that I wrote about is Vancouver's power penalty kill has suffered from really bad goaltending uh, so far on the season, and it hasn't gotten better. That's the problem is like, Earlier uh, in earlier shows this season, we talked about how they had like a 715 or 720 save percentage on the penalty kill, and it was really bad. I think it's like 670 or something like that so far in the month of November. It's just really not getting better. Um, you know, those uh, Buffalo top line all on the power play together. So I do like Buffalo one a lot here. It's just, you know, they're coming in with reasonably heavy ownership. They probably should be double digits on DraftKings, FanDuel a little bit lower, especially because Tage Thompson's priced up over 10K uh, on FanDuel. So the pricing is going to make an ownership difference over there. But uh, yeah, perfectly fine uh, on DK here. Um, you know, if you want to throw in Olofsson now that he's moved to the top power play unit with Jack Quinn and Kyle Oposo both injured, 
I think that's fine as well. Olofsson's been shooting a lot more this year than he typically does. That was generally one of the concerns about him in DFS was that, yeah, he could score, you know, he could be a 25 goal scorer, um, but his low shot volume would just mean his, his fantasy performances would be very sporadic. So now that he's shooting a lot more, I do like the idea of like, you know, adding Olsen and taking out Tuck or, you know, just using Olsen as a one-off um, if you need a guy at that 5K range. So Vancouver 2, um, Buffalo 1, I don't mind Olsen um, in any kind of stacker as a one-off on the Buffalo side either. Yeah, I'm on Vancouver 2 as well. I think Vancouver 1's fine. They're just pretty expensive. And there's other lines that I'd rather use and, you know, Besser being only 4,600 makes that a bit more on the second line, makes that a bit better. And especially where Besser is so power play dependent, you talked about it a bunch on the Saturday show. I believe uh, he hasn't had a multi-goal. He only, he's only had like a handful of multiple multi-goal games in the past three seasons. So, you know, if you want a power play stack, I think that's fine as well. Let's move to the blue line. We were talking about it last night and this morning. You know, the, the top three most expensive D-men on the board, Rasmus Dahlin's up there, but he's playing, you know, 27, 28 minutes at 7,800. He's on the top power play. The power play is in a good spot. I think, you know, he's fine. Owen power played, I think, like 27 minutes on Saturday. Just ridiculous numbers. He's 3,700. I think he's fine as well. On the Vancouver side, Quinn Hughes, if you're power play stacking, I just wish he shot the puck more. Other than that, I think Ethan Bear is still fine at 3,800. Yeah, um, Ethan Bear is still not uh, expensive over on FanDuel either. He's still min-priced, 3,500 on FanDuel, so um, don't mind him there. We'll mention uh, Henry Yokoharu returning tonight for Buffalo. Um, usually he plays with Dolan. I think today they have him lined up on the second pair. He's usually playing around 19, 20 minutes. Um, you know, 19, 20 minutes for a team that has a 3.3 total. Uh, if you need a stone min uh, $2,500 defenseman on DK, I don't mind Yoka Haru tonight. For sure, for sure. Uh, any interest in Craig Anderson or Spencer Martin? Uh, no, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask. Yeah, but, I get uh, it. I get it, but no. On FanDuel, I think you can make a case for Craig Anderson. He's just, he's under 7K. Now, is Buffalo going to win? Maybe, but that I think this is going to be a high scoring game. On DraftKings, Spencer Martin at 7,400, not thrilled about it, but like he could see a shot bonus and maybe. But yeah, I agree. I'm looking for my goalies elsewhere. So let's get on to the next game. We have the New Jersey Devils with a 3.7 total heading into Montreal. The Canadiens have a 2.8 total. Again, not super heavy ownership here on either side. Now, we discussed this uh in a gm this morning that the montreal canadians top line play at a mass like a very very slow pace here and you know we weren't certain who the suzuki line is going to go out against but as you mentioned the last few teams who have played new jersey they sent out their top or their top shutdown line against the hughes line now you know maybe marty st louis doesn't do that but it seems like it's probable. With that being the case, I think I might have more interest in the Devils' top line of Nico Heischer and Fabian Zetterlund. Um, what are your thoughts on the Devils here? 
Yeah, it is interesting how those are going to match up because you're right about Montreal playing to a slow pace um, with Kirby Doc on that top line. 2.1 expected goals for 1.8 against per 60 minutes. Um, that is just a really, really slow pace, uh, you know, when you look at shots for and against. Um, yeah, Montreal not coming in with much ownership. Like, I'm a big, like, I'm a Montreal fan. That's my team that I follow. Like, I really enjoy seeing Caulfield and Suzuki even Doc um, scoring as they are, you just got to wonder when the bottom falls through here. That top line is shooting 25.5% at five on five. Um, I think Suzuki scored in their last game on Saturday. I um, can't really remember uh, all the days start blend together once you get start doing enough of these shows in a row, but um, that's it's going to regress heavily eventually. Um, it's just a matter of when it comes. New Jersey's been a really, really good defensive team. Um, I think after starting the season 0-2, they've gone 12-1 since. Um, the goaltending has really stabilized uh, in the meantime. So, like, with the ownership that Montreal's top line is that is that they're carrying, um, coming in about 1% or 2%, I think they're fine as a leverage play if you're playing um, you know, uh, tw you know, 20 lineups or 50 lineups or 150 lineups or whatever. I don't know if I get to Montreal one in single entry. Um, it is uh, about the New Jersey side uh, for me here. I know what you're saying about wanting to avoid that top line matchup of, of Suzuki, Doc, and Caulfield. At the same time, Yegor Sharangovich jumping to that line with Jack Hughes uh, and and. Uh, Jesper Bratt, I think, makes a big difference over Eric Halla. Like, Sharon Govich has a really big sample going back uh, a while with Hughes uh, being very, very productive on the top line. Um, when Hughes and Sharon Govich and Bratt are together, uh, 3.9 expected goals, 4 per 60 minutes, 3.8 actual goals. Um, the Stats Hockey website, Hockey Viz, has Sharon Govich as well above average, both as a playmaker and as a finisher, um, Eric Hall is not a, really a great finisher. Um, not really great at driving the play offensively either. Like, I know it's a little bit of a tougher matchup, but I just think Hughes, Brad, and Sharon Govich should just be a better line overall. Um, not to say that uh, the history line can't be played. Um, Zetterlin's still getting some power play one time. They're switching him and Nathan Bastion back and forth, which is getting a bit frustrating. Um, but they're generating a lot when they're on the ice together. Um, they're not coming in with much ownership either. Um, I think either of the Devils' line, top two lines are fine, but it's Hughes' line that I would prefer, um, just knowing how well him and Sharon Govich have played together over the years. And you get two out of three guys locked onto the top power play unit. And Montreal's PK um, kind of being bailed out by their goaltending, and you got to wonder how much longer that can keep up. So I do like the Hughes line here. Nothing for me uh, from Montreal stacking wise. Like if you want to like Brendan Gallagher has been shooting a lot lately, not much ice time is kind of the problem, you know, 13, 14 minutes maybe. Um, but with his shot rate, I don't mind him like as a one-off type player, but um, probably nothing for me from the Montreal forwards. Yeah. I think the more lineups you get to here, you can start throwing Montreal one into your mix. Like they've been, you know, pretty good. This is just not the best matchup i would say like at their ownership i think it's fine if you want to get them in the mix and yeah while i do prefer the the he sure line five on five wise better this is a very good power play spot so doing something like nico he sure jack hughes jesper bratt i think that's perfectly acceptable yegor sharangovich does give a nice boost over eric Halla on that line uh so 
you know, you're right. Even if, you know, Suzuki docks slow down the pace, I th- I still think they can end up being an elite line. And I like, okay, I'm from New Jersey and Devils fans are the most fair weather fans on the planet. They suck. They absolutely suck. But both of us had a lot of New Jersey Devil Futures bet on our season preview pod. So I'm happy they have a big winning streak here. And I hope it continues because fans don't matter. Only my wallet at the end of the season does. So let's move to the blue line. Um, Doug Ham, Dougie Hamilton, 7,200. I think he's fine to add in here. Again, like these guys... Ryan Graves, John Marino, Damon Severson getting decent minutes. They're still very, very cheap. Um, I think, you know, if you need a punt, they are all fine. I think Graves would still be my preferred. On the Montreal side, nothing. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with you on Graves. I think he's my preferred defenseman for the price, uh, particularly over on DraftKings. John Marino is getting some good ice time. You know, if you need uh, a 2,700 or less defenseman, I think uh, Marino is probably near the top of the list with another guy from San Jose that we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, I'll mention Joel Edmondson for FanDuel, for people playing over on FanDuel. Um, He's still just 3,900 on FanDuel, uh, blocking a ton of shots. I know blocks aren't nearly as important there, but at 3,900, he really doesn't need a lot to reach value. Um, so yeah, I think Graves or Moreno, depending on, uh, the salary that you need, I think this is a pretty good spot for Dougie Hamilton considering, you know, Montreal's not as bad defensively as they were last year. Like they're starting to play a little bit better, but they still give up a fair amount of shots. And like we said, it's a pretty good power play spot. So, um, I think Dougie's probably, uh, one of my favorites, you know, among the six or seven, seven K defensemen that we have here tonight. Let's move on to the next one. Dallas Stars, 2.9 total, heading into Tampa Bay. The Lightning have a 3.1 total. Jake Ottinger, probable. Brian Elliott, confirmed for the Lightning tonight. Oh, boy. So, top line, Hagel, Point, Kucherov, all correlated on the power play. Stamkos, Paul Kalorn, Colton, Nemestikov, Perry. Stars side, Matij Blumel, still on the second line with Gurionov, still hurt rest of the line's status quo. Now, a couple of things I want to point out here, like Kucherov, very expensive, 8,700. He started getting priced up, and he's playing 23, 24 minutes at that time. Now he's down 19 or less the last four games. That is a bit worrisome at that price. Uh, on the star side, I think that top line now getting 2.5%, I think, you know, after an ownership run comes out with Brian Elliott confirmed, that might bump up a little bit. But Tampa does have, have concerns on the penalty kill, especially without Vasilevsky in that. I think Dallas one's in play now. Oh, absolutely. Um, in fact, I think it's kind of their PP guys that are in play here. Um, both teams really heavily penalized um, so far this season. Dallas third in time shorthanded per game. Uh, Tampa Bay fifth in the league. So two, two of the top five teams uh, for getting shorthanded, giving power plays to the opponents are facing off here tonight. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think if you're going to stack anything, you're, you're going to want to get the power play guys in. So that means either the top lines, Dallas one, Tampa one. So if we view those lines as kind of equal, um, I mean, I think Dallas's top line is quote unquote better, but they do play fewer minutes. So it kind of balances out. If we view those lines um, as kind of equal, I think the tiebreaker for me would go down to what the in-game matchups are going to be. Um, 
Now, Tampa doesn't send out Point and Kucherov against opposing top lines. They send out the Stamkos and Paul line. Now, uh, the Stamkos and Paul line has actually been very, very good defensively so far this season. Um, Only 1.6 expected goals against per 60 minutes, 1.7 actual goals against. So they're really not giving anything up. They're giving their goalies a pretty easy time whenever they're on the ice. Um, I think they can do a reasonably good job of shutting down Dallas's top line here tonight. Now it's whether the Dallas top line can really explode on the power play. We've seen them do that time after time this year. Um, one of the most efficient power plays in the league. Um, and they could get, you know, four or five opportunities here tonight, given how um, undisciplined uh, Tampa Bay can get at times. So well, that Dallas top line is coming in with p- pretty good leverage, um, fourth and leverage uh, on DraftKings uh, by our top stacks tool here tonight. Second on FanDuel. Um, really expensive on FanDuel over 25k, so that's definitely why. But um, yeah, Dallas one is perfectly fine here, but I just think it's a pretty tough matchup going up against the Stamkos Paul uh, line from Tampa Bay. So it's Tampa one that I will I will lean to Kucherov, Point, and Hagel. They're not coming in with a lot of ownership either. Like we're talking low single digits over on DraftKings. Um, they get a Dallas second line. Uh, three expected goals against per 60 minutes this year without Dennis Gurian off there. That's nearly double uh, what we just talked about uh, with the Tampa line from up Stamkos uh, and Nick Paul. Um, 4.1 actual goals against. And like I said, their penalty kill is good, but they do take a lot of penalties. Um, and you don't want to give this Tampa, you know, this Tampa team hasn't been great on the power play, but we know uh, once Stamkos starts clicking again, like they could just start filling the net with a man advantage. So, um, all else being equal, I do like Tampa one more here tonight than I do like Dallas one. But I think those are the two lines that are in play for me here. This I don't think this is a game where I dip down to full stacking um, second and third lines. Yeah, the one thing I'll add, if you are interested in the Dallas power play, I think, you know, one offing Jamie Ben, he's been on an absolute tear lately. I think he got to ride that wave until it crashes. He's on the top power play. Um, so, yeah, he's 4,400. That's a nice little add in or as a one off there. Yeah, Tampa one, not much ownership. Minutes are a tad concerning for me. I, I'm not sure why Kutroff only played 16 minutes. Maybe he took some penalties. I'll have to look into that. But let's move to the blue lines here. Sergachev, uh 6,500 running that top power play unit. Still interested in him. Hedman more expensive unless he's confirmed power play one, which he isn't. I don't have any interest there. Nick Perbix, I just have to mention, just because he's been going nuts lately. I don't know if I want to keep riding that train. He is 3,300. I guess you could go back to that well if you want. On the Dallas side, Esselindel is probably the guy if I'm not going to you know, include Haskinen. Yeah. Um, the, the worry for me about Haskinen is the ice time drop. Um, his first six games of the season, he was playing nearly 25 minutes a game. Then he was injured. Uh, for a couple games and since returning he's down to t- about 22 and a half he's lost about two and a half minutes of ice time since returning from injury that's a bit of a concern for me now he's not a guy that relies on peripherals so it's not necessarily as bad for him he needs point production regardless um but that ice time drop is a bit of a concern i'll mention um the one guy i'll mention is ian cole for tampa bay um 3,700 is a bit expensive on DK, but he played a lot of minutes in that last game with Eric Chernak out. He'll probably play a lot of minutes here again tonight. So 
Uh, if you need like a mid threes, $3,000 defenseman, um, I think Ian Cole is certainly playable here. Any interest in going back to Ottinger? I know he struggled really mightily the his first game back from injury, and he was over AK. Now he's 7,200. I mean, at, at that price, I think Ottinger's perfectly fine to use. Um, he's not a guy that I'm targeting just because there could be some uh, shot volume concerns. Um, but like once you once you get down to those seven thousand seventy two hundred dollar goalies, <laughs> they're more or less all pretty much just the same um, when you factor in matchup and all that. So he, I think he's fine, but he's not a target of mine. Yep, agreed there. Uh, at the top, we mentioned we are sponsored by BetMGM, and we have a very good promo for you. You can get two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum and up to a thousand dollar risk free bet when you sign up, make a deposit, and make your first paid wager. All you got to do, click the link in the description, follow the steps there. You can get it. It depends. It all depends on how big of a bet you want to risk here. You want to deposit a thousand dollars and and put it on something tonight. And if you lose, you get the thousand dollars back. You can do that anywhere between ten and a thousand dollars is up to you. Just sign up with bet. You know, you click the link in the description. You have to make a stochastic account. You got to make a bet MGM account. You just follow the instructions in the link in the description. As soon as your bet settles, you get an email from BetMGM. They'll let you know how to get your two free months. This is no strings attached. This is super easy. You know, there's 140 of you guys in chat. I know there's a couple of you who still haven't done this. I don't know what you're waiting for. Get her done. Let's move on to the next one. We got the Washington Capitals with a 2.8 total heading into Florida. The Panthers have a 3.7 total. This is one of the bigger home totals of the night. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have the biggest home total, but it's nice to have a big favorite at home here, and this is a good one. Uh, Capitals penalty kill has been a mess. Matthew Kachuk is back, so the Panthers going over Hagee, Barkov, Kachuk, Lomberg, Lundell, Reinhardt, E2D2, Lusterinen with Sam Bennett and Colin White. Now, if you want a power play stack, the Panthers, I think that's fine. They have two T men on the on the top unit, Montour and Ekblad, and Ekblad still mispriced on DK. This is his second game back. He is only 5K on DraftKings. He played 23 minutes his first game back. So, you know, that's an obvious mispricing still. You can power play stack. I think I'm leaning towards just going full far to one because anytime you leave Verhage off, Verhage burns you. On the capital side, you know, Florida Panthers are a, a high-paced team, so I think there is some merit to going to that top line here with, you know, Sonny Milano moving up with Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. Can't imagine that would be very good defensively, but they could, you know, have some good offense there. What are you saying? Yeah, um, I mean, it's Florida's top line that I like the most here. I, I don't think that should be uh, very shocking. They are also the most expensive line on the slate on DraftKings. I think they're fourth over on FanDuel, but it's pretty close to first. Um, we have we don't have them as very highly owned, though. I'm going to bring up our top stacks tool here uh, quickly. We're looking at ownership share, that middle column. Uh, Florida one coming in about 10 and a half percent, a little bit less than Buffalo, a little bit more than an Anaheim line. We'll talk to later, uh, giving them pretty good leverage as um, they have been an excellent line, like not a big sample with Kachuk and Carter Verhage playing with Alexander Barkov, but 
5.2 expected goals generated per 60 minutes and 80 minutes together, only 1.8 against. I mean, all three guys are, are skating over 20 minutes a game uh, so far in the month of November. So, um, you know, anything can happen with a low, you can run into a low ice time game, you know, at any point, but this isn't, you know, ice time concerns like we might have with Austin Matthews or Nikita Kucherov. It would just, it would be a genuine surprise if they played fewer than 20 minutes. The only way it would happen is if it's a blowout. And if it's a blowout, they're probably on the right side of the blowout. And if they're on the right side of the blowout, they probably already have a bunch of DK points for you. So I really, really do like uh, that Florida top line here. Um, Florida uh, drawing amongst the most power plays uh, in the league so far this season. Um, They're tied for second at 4.1 power play opportunities per game. Um, As you mentioned, the Washington penalty kill, it's it's looked a little bit better of late, but it's still like middle of the league at best. Um, And Aaron Ekblad returning, like I'm not a fan of the double defenseman on the top power play unit, but you know, you just got to look at the numbers uh, with and without Ekblad over the last few years because they, you know, he has gone through injuries. There is, you know, a reasonable uh, sample with him um, out of the lineup. They just, they, the top power play, you know, just performs better when he's there. So um, I do like uh, Florida, the Florida top line. I think you're fine with uh, sliding in slippy Sammy Reinhardt uh, into that stack. Um, if you want to take off her, Hagee, especially where Reinhardt's uh, very reasonably priced. He's 4,500. Uh, over on DraftKings, um, over on FanDuel, still not coming up yet, still just 4700 Um, The only reason he's not more expensive is because uh, his, he's shooting like 4% this year. And he's typically, he's, I think he's been in double digits every season of his career, something close to that. Um, and he has, I think, 19 shots in his last five games. Like he's shooting a lot. He's getting top power play minutes. Him and Anton Londell have been really good together so far this season. Um, I think sliding in Reinhardt into the, you know, the Florida, your Florida one, you know, replace, replacing Verhage with them or, um, you know, just using Reinhardt as a one-off. I think that's perfectly acceptable too. Um, it's just his price is too appealing for what he's done. So I really do like the Florida top line in this matchup. Um, Flor- I think Florida two is definitely usable here. As I said, Lundell and Reinhardt um, have looked pretty good together so far this season, 3.7 expected goals in about 45 minutes together. Um, they're coming in with a fair bit of ownership. Um, they're one of the most negatively leveraged lines on the slate that we have, uh, fourth most, um, ownership compared to top two percentage. So, um, they are coming in pretty highly owned. So that's kind of why I like the Florida top line better. And they're just a better line. Um, but they're fine to use, uh, on the Washington side, Sonny Milano joining that top line with Kuznetsov and Ovechkin is pretty interesting to me because, Kuznetsov and Ovechkin have started to turn it around offensively um, after a rough first few games, especially for Kuznetsov. 3.1 expected goals in 70 minutes together, 3.4 actual goals. Um, Ovechkin is shooting more at 5-on-5, which was a problem for him at the start of the season. The problem is he's had pretty inconsistent ice time, anywhere between 17 and 21 minutes in the month of November. Um, that's not exactly uh, what you want. You definitely don't want 17 minutes from this guy. Um, but Florida does take a lot of penalties. Um, seventh most time shorthanded uh, per game this season. So I think that Florida top, or the Washington top line is definitely in play here um, with Kuznetsov, uh, Ovechkin, and Sonny Milano. They're also coming in at a reasonable price. Um, I 
I just think it's a little bit of a tough matchup uh, going up against that Florida top line that's been so good defensively so far this season. So of all the lines, Florida one is the line I like by far the most. I think Florida two um, is playable. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, but honestly, I th- think it goes Florida 1, Washington 1, and then a pretty steep drop off for me after that. Yeah. I Normally, I'm not really in on Washington full stacking here, but I think that Washington top line is viable tonight. I, it, it feels weird coming out of my mouth, but it is. So let's move to the blue line. Carlson, 6,900, running the top power play unit. I think he's fine to add in. Martin Fairvery, okay, at 3K. On the Florida side, Ekblad, 5K, running the top power play unit. Uh, Brandon Montour, also on that top power play unit at 7,700. If you really want to get contrarian there, I think you put in Montour instead of Ekblad, but, you know, Ekblad is going to be very popular tonight for good reason. Um, other than that, that's probably about it. Yeah. I, here's my worry about using Carlson is that in the on their final power play in their last game against Tampa Bay, uh, Washington went back to Eric Gustafson um, instead of John Carlson. That was after going 0 for 4 on the power play in that game. On their fifth power play, they went back to Gustafson, and Gustafson did have that huge game a couple couple games ago for them. So I'm wondering if we don't see Gustafson get some power play one time, kind of like, you know, um, that Zetterlund-Bastion issue uh, with New Jersey where they kind of switch back and forth. That worries me for, uh, you know, for how expensive a player John Carlson is. Like, yeah, he's fine. He's He gets pretty involved offensively, could play a decent amount of minutes, but – um, I am worried about him losing his, his role to Gustafson. I mean, we just saw it happen with, with Hedman and Sergeyev, right? It can happen to anybody. So I'm just a little concerned there. I did watch that game for whatever reason. I have no idea why I had that game on. But Carlson was on the ice for a long shift, and the penalty was – he drew the penalty. So he was on – so maybe maybe it's nothing because he came off the ice when I'm back on for the second unit. Maybe just needed a breather. But I don't know. It is a concern because Gustafson did have some big games with Carlson out. Yeah, I actually did look at that too. And the thing was, is the power play before that, Carlson was also on the ice for like 45 seconds before the power play, and he stayed on for the power play. So yeah. they they did it differently with the next one. So it, it's just concerning to me because we are seeing some top power play guys lose their spots, um, you know, all across the leagues. You know, like I said, um, 
starting with Victor Hedman. So it, it's just a little bit of a concern that I have. Yeah, it, it is a legitimate concern because Gustafson is basically still in the NHL because he's good on the power play. So yeah, something to monitor going forward. He Move played a lot of minutes one. regardless too, right? I think he played like yeah, he's on the top pair with him. So yeah, he could be an interesting play in DK actually. So something to monitor going forward. Toronto Maple Leafs. Leafs, the 3.3 total heading into Pittsburgh. The Penguins have a 3.2 total. Min Price, Matt Murray on DraftKings for the Leafs. Casey DeSmith between the, the pipes for the Penguins. Looks like the Leafs are rolling out Bunting, Matthews, Nylander, then Kerfoot, Tavares, Marner. That second line does nothing for me. I think my favorite line in this game is Pittsburgh 1. I think if you want to go back to the Leafs top line, you're more than welcome to do it for me. I'm on pit one here. Yeah. Um, the way Pittsburgh runs their lines, we've brought this up uh, a couple times and I'll just give a shout out to the guy that does this um, at line matching on Twitter. Um, we subscribe to him. It's nothing through what we do here. at stochastic. It's just an independent guy, but um, he's who we use for some of our line matching. Pittsburgh uses the Crosby line quite a bit against opposing second lines and, Tonight, that's obviously going to be uh, John Tavares and Mitch Marner. Marner and Tavares actually have a decent sample um, going back a couple years now, over 300 minutes together. Yeah, um, 2.7 expected goals for, 2.8 expected goals against. This is a line that's below water on a Toronto Maple Leafs team that's been one of the best regular season teams in the league for years now. Being below water as the second line is over in over 300 minutes is feels like almost impressively bad. Um, 2.4 goals for 3.3 goals against per 60 minutes. So it isn't as if um, they're outscoring some of their possession issues. Um, they're just literally not playing well together. Um, and man, I like, I just don't see Alex Kerfoot being the difference maker to get them over the hump. Absolutely not. <laughs> so like with Crosby's line going into that matchup, I think it's a pretty good matchup for them. Um, you know, that top line has been dynamite 3.8 goals uh, per 60 minutes so far this year. Um, by our top stacks tool, not a lot of ownership coming in um, at about 5% uh, ownership on DraftKings, uh, coming in a little bit higher on FanDuel at about 11%. Uh, well, it's a lot bit higher, actually, but um, it's, it is just a pricing thing. Um, but they're still fine on FanDuel. I think they're just a better play on DK. Um, you know, they're all playing relatively heavy minutes. They're all shooting a fair bit, like, you know, at least over the last five or six games in November. Um, that includes Crosby. So, uh, yeah, I really do like Pittsburgh one here. I don't like Pittsburgh two as much. Um, Matthews and Nylander have been pretty good defensively whenever they've been together um, over the last few years, only 2.3 expected goals against uh, per 60 minutes. So um, they do a good job of limiting chances against, and it could be a tough matchup uh, for that Malkin line. Now they're not coming in uh, with much ownership. So Malkin, Raquel, and Zucker, I, like I think if you're playing 150, you probably get them in somewhere, but I don't know if I'm throwing them in in a single entry. On the Toronto side, it's like how many more times can we do this? Uh, Pittsburgh's penalty kill is something that we've brought up um, quite often uh, on the show. It just hasn't been uh, really um, that great this season. I mean, whether you want to blame it on the goaltending or whether you want to blame it on the penalty killers, uh, like it doesn't really matter to me. Um, but they're giving up the eighth most goals per 60 minutes uh, while they're shorthanded so far this season. 
Um, Toronto's power play is typically very good. Um, and we're not showing Toronto coming in uh, like with a ton of ownership. Now, there is ownership here, particularly over on FanDuel. Um, but, you know, on DK coming in at 50%, 15% for the top line, I think that's fine because they're, you know, a lot of them are priced down, um, you know, 5% for the second line. If I were to play any line here, um, it would be uh, the Matthews Nylander bunting line. Um, Matthews, his ice time is a concern. But the thing with John Tavares's line is Tavares is only playing like 16 to 17 minutes. So he really has to get there on the power play for them to really do anything. So it would be the Toronto top line. But I think this is a game where I like the home team a lot more than the road team. Yeah, I agree. I like, you know, Matthews is going to be close to 20%. It doesn't really matter this late. People just jam in Matthews. And if you want to use that top line, I think it's fine. Like Pittsburgh has had struggles, like you mentioned, on the penalty kill. I do think Casey DeSmith is the better goalie than Tristan Yari. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. I just think he's played better this season. Mm -hmm. So if you want to fade the Leafs, I think it's always scary fading the Leafs because like we saw on the two-game slate, they went absolutely nuts. Like they can break any slate. I just, you know – with ownership and price being a thing, like I'd rather get the Pittsburgh top line at a third of an ownership in just a good of a spot. So that's just me. That's just you too. Kind of. Yeah. 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 We're on the same page on the blue lines here. Like Riley Latang are the power play guys, but they just have not been shooting. You can add them in. You don't have to. It doesn't feel great, (laughs) but like the, like these power play quarterbacks, like they're not very expensive here, but like Morgan Raleigh, 5,100, Crystal Tank, 5,700. There's no world that I'd rather play Rylan Latang over 5K Ekblad tonight. No, there's not, um, even factoring in ownership. And we'll get to the Philly Columbus game next, but I think I'd rather pay the extra $600 for Tony D'Angelo uh, than play Crystal Tang here tonight. So, um, not really in on the expensive defenseman. One guy I will mention is Mark Giordano. Um, his minutes had suffered a little bit this year, but uh, TJ Brody's hit the IR for Toronto. And in their last game without Brody, uh, Giordano played 21 minutes, I think. So um, if you need a sub 3K defenseman, I think Giordano, um, perfectly acceptable. He, he's grading out pretty well in the projections today as well for his price. So I think Giordano is definitely uh, an option here tonight. Yeah, he's under 3K on DraftKings, definitely in play. Did you know that Odd Shopper is part of Stochastic? If you didn't, you should use it. You can make your best bets in 30 seconds or less. With hundreds of bets featured daily, Odd Shopper gives you the edge you need to betting player props. I don't know if you guys follow me on Twitter at JRH002DFS, but I almost every day I put out the big dog plus money prop of the night. Where do you think I get it from? I use Odd Shopper. With expected win percentages and ROIs included. Odd Shopper features multiple projection methods, which you will help you make the best bets available on the market. You can shop odds. It's awesome. They have a parlay builder. So you optimize parlays. It has an arbitrage tool. What more do you need here? Um, click the link in the video description below to sign up for free with Odd Shopper and start making smarter bets now. Most of the stuff is free. There is some premium stuff if you want to get into the premium discords with the guys who list bets, but you know, for free doing that odd shopping, no brainer. Let's move on to the next one. Circus. 
Philadelphia Flyers, 3.1 total heading into Columbus. The Blue Jackets have a 3.0 total. Patrick Laine sprained his ankle. High ankle sprain, those suck, especially when you're trying to put them in a ice skate. He's going to be out for three to four weeks. Neil Benstrom moves up to the top line. This ownership is out of bounds on the Blue Jackets. If they're coming anywhere near that ownership, I will not be sniffing them with a 10-foot pole. I'm on the Flyers' side in this game. I'm going back to the Flyers. I like that top line here. I can't imagine the Blue Jackets being anything good defensively. Maybe Merzlikens bells them out completely. But, you know, their blue line is a mess. Flyers for me. Yeah, and not only uh, should their blue line uh, be hurting, but they're getting Erica Branson back, and that should definitely not help the blue line <laughs> at all. So uh, definitely another plus for the Philadelphia Flyers. I feel like a Branson catches strays every time we're on, he's on He's on the slate. I, I, I will say, though, that if you haven't seen the, the Blue Jackets thing, the, the Jackets wouldn't have signed Johnny Gaudreau without Erica Branson, which is the funniest story. It's yeah, so ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it is what it is. Um, here's the thing: is that Columbus top line actually hasn't been bad without Line A so far this season. Three point two expected goals for without him there, and that's in over hundred minutes. Three point three actual goals for, and Emil Benstrom is there now. Now, Emil Benstrom is a guy that's kind of bounced around for them. Um, they had hopes that he would be a part. A big part of their of their lineup by now um, hasn't really, but he was a guy that showed pretty good puck skills when he you know a few years ago when he was a little bit younger. Um, pretty like good, not great, but good uh, zone entry and exit numbers. Um, seem in the AHL this year, three and a half shots per game, fourteen points in ten games. Like it, at least to now, he's starting to look more like the player that he they had hoped he could be. Um, whether it translates to full-time NHL success, I guess we'll find out. I mean, I would like to play this line. I am not going to play this line at 20, you know, even if they come in a little bit low, like we have them at 26% ownership. Even if they come in at like 20%, I don't want to play that line at that ownership. Um, so especially where their power play has been so bad. Um, I think two power play goals all year now. They got one on the weekend. Um, no Zach Wierenski. Wierenski's by far their best puck mover. Wierenski, you know, we mentioned on the last show, Wierenski and Bockfist were the only two guys with a positive uh, offensive impact on the team uh, when looking at, at their expected goals metrics. So, um, yeah, I don't, yeah, like Columbus top line projects well. It's not really a brutal matchup uh, against the Flyers. I just think there's just way, way too much ownership here. Now, I do, like we talked about ownership being overblown sometimes. I don't think this is one of those situations. Like, I'm just not playing 25% Boone Jenner or whatever. So, um, out on Columbus, uh, I'm out on Columbus entirely here. I do like the Philly top line uh, a little bit more. Um, they are perfectly correlated. Uh, much more reasonable ownership coming in um, out of, at about 6%. Um, looking through our top stacks tool, yeah, they're coming in for with five percent or five DK points uh, less in the projections as a three-man unit than the Columbus top line, and they're also coming in at like a quarter um, of the ownership. So, I think it's the Flyers top line more for me. Um, the Flyers second line is kind of interesting here because once you get past that Flyers top line, there's just absolutely nothing to be concerned of um 
as far as or uh, once you get past the Jackets top line, there's nothing to be concerned concerned about defensively. Um, you know, Scott Lawton's been playing a lot of minutes, still getting some PP one time. I think he's fine. Joel Faraby, his minutes have gone up and down. He's not shooting as much as I would like, but I think you you know, like a Lawton Faraby two man or a Cates Faraby two man, it's one of those cheap two mans that I think might be able to score uh, a goal or two. Uh, and help you get up to those more expensive spots like, you know, uh, Pittsburgh or, or Toronto or, or what have you. So I don't mind them, but it is Philly one. Considering all the ownership, it is Philly one that I like most here. I guess if you want to dilute the Columbus ownership a little bit, um, I think you can slide in Kent Johnson on the top line instead of Emil Benstrom. Um, he's going to be on the power play with them. Um, and they're relatively the same price, but Considering all the ownership we're seeing on Columbus here, um, it's Tippett, Hayes, and Konechny that I like the best. Yeah, I agree. I like Chalk Columbus is just always a recipe for – well, I don't like using that recipe. We'll just leave it at that. Let's move to the blue line. Tony D, 6,300, very good power play spot. I like him. I like Travis Sanheim as well. Rasmus versus the line and still min-priced. If you want to do it, you can do it. On the Columbus side, you want Gavrikov or Peak for the block shots. I actually prefer Jake Bean, irregardless of him getting top power play time. He's 3,200. His minutes have gotten up. He's been blocking shots as well. Yeah, I do like Tony D here tonight, um, you know, including price and ownership and all that. I think he might be my favorite uh, expensive-ish defenseman um, here on this slate. Um, yeah, Gavrikov got some more minutes than Peak in the last game. So I guess Gavrikov, um, yeah, Bean, if you want to, you know, mix him in with your uh, Columbus top line guys. But um, I think Tony D, whether DK or FanDuel is probably, he's one of my uh, more favorite defense plays on the slate here tonight. For sure. Let's move on to the next one. That has some line changes. The Minnesota Wild, 3.0 total heading into Nashville. The Predators have a three total as well. Marc-Andre Fleury confirmed. UC Soros probable. Nashville never confirms their goalie until warm-ups, usually. Yuso Parsinen will go with. Parsinen on DK now at 3,500 on the top line. He is, well, I think like 7K on FanDuel randomly. It's like randomly very expensive. On the Minnesota side, they mixed up that second line. It's now Boldy, Rossi, Felino. Joe Erickson Eck is down with Mason Shaw and Connor Dewar. Not sure why they're doing that, but maybe they're giving Rossi a chance here. I don't know. Power play stack for the Wild for me now that those lines are a mess. I think you just, you know. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Power play. You know, Predators, we talked about it on Saturday. They, they give up the most shots per 60 on the penalty kill. 
you load in the, the wild power play guys. I don't think you have to full stack anything. The Nashville top line with, you know, UCP, we'll call him, um, is an interesting because he's so cheap and he's on the top power play, at least on DraftKings. I just – I don't know if I want to play them at that ownership, though. Yeah. Um, like you said, a fair bit of ownership um, coming in at 8% by our uh, DK projections against 4% for, uh, probability of being – uh, in a top two stack here tonight. I mean, Parson is not a goal scorer. At least he hasn't really shown that um, in his career outside the NHL. He's more of like a distributor type. And that kind of worries me because that's exactly the type of player Michael Grandlin is. Um, I just worry they're doubling up on the same type of player. Um, and when you move Matt Duchesne and Philip Forsberg away from each other, like over the last few years, just their, the pace of play the entire of their top two lines just drops considerably. They start playing a lot slower. They're not 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 necessarily not trading chances, but they're really not creating as much offensively. Um, whether it's Johansson and Duchesne together in Forsberg with with Granlin or what have you, but when you you know Forsberg and Duchesne are easily their best um, dual threats um, in that lineup, and when you put them on uh, different lines, they have to start carrying a little bit more. Um, of that dual threat that they that they bring so um, where they really slow down the play like I just I don't know man I just don't have a lot of interest in Nashville coming in with you know fairly reasonable ownership here like both negative leverage by a good amount Um, I worry about ice time like do they spread out the ice time even more especially you know where they now effectively have three playable lines I guess so I'm going to be out uh, on Nashville here, I think if you're going to be in on something, it'd be like a Minnesota power play stack or the Minnesota top line. What worries me about the Minnesota top line is they're also playing to a, a lot slower pace since they added Freddie Gojo there, which makes sense. Like that's kind of he's a two way center. That's kind of what he does. Um, but they're not coming in like with a ton of ownership here, like four to five percent. Um, we're showing, and, you know, you can take Gojo off and put in Boldy or, or whatever you want, do what you want with a power play stack. Uh, but Nashville's um, giving up 3.7 power plays to the opposition uh, per game. Um, it's right around top 10 in the league. And they're also giving up the most shots against per minute while on the penalty kill of any team in the league. So I think it'd be the Nat, the Minnesota power play guys that I like the most here uh, in this game. Um, Kaprizov, Zuccarello, uh, and those guys is is what I'm really kind of looking looking towards here. I don't know if I want to play much Minnesota too. Um, Boldy, Rossi, Foligno. Um, Rossi's had a pretty bad start to the season. Whether you're looking at anything, shot generation, ice time, uh, expected goals impact. <laughs> he just hasn't been off to a good start. Um, I'm worried pushing him up the lineup isn't going to do much for, for Boldy and Foligno here. So it's more just power play stacking the Minnesota side that I like the most here. Yeah, this is kind of a weird setup on this game. I don't know. I when I was going through this slate this morning, this was one I was just like, I, I'm, I don't like this game. So, and then they switched the lines because I was kind of interested in Joel Erickson, Eck, Boldy, Felino tonight, and then they just went and nuked that. So, I guess I made that decision on that game. But let's move to the blue line on the Nashville side. Outside of Yossi, I think it would probably just be Matthias Ekholm. Alexandre Carrier or Carrier, I don't know how he pronounces it. Min Price, I guess, gets an honorable mention there on the wild side. If you are power play stacking, Callan Addison hasn't really been doing too much with it. So if you 
are a bit skeptical skeptical about using Addison, you can use Brodeen or Spurgeon. Yeah, here's my concern about Yossi. Like, I think the price is perfectly fine. But now that they move Matt Duchesne to the second power play unit, um, they're based, you know, Duchesne and Johansson are both on the second power play unit now. Um, they're basically running two even-ish power play units, and that's going to cut into OC's, Yossi's overall uh, power play time. That's a little bit of a concern for me. So uh, until I see how that's going to work out, I think I'm going to let other people play him at 7,500 or whatever it is. Yeah. And as I mentioned in the first promo, we were sponsored by BetMGM. And don't forget about that promo. You get up to a $1,000 risk-free bet. You get two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum. Just click the link in the description below. If you're having issues with that, you can DM me on Twitter. I will help you out. So go do that. We have two games left. Let's talk about them. San Jose Sharks, 2.6 total. Heading into Vegas, the Golden Knights have a 3.8 total. James Reimer confirmed. Logan Thompson probable. Not much ownership on this game, which was a bit surprising to me. Uh, Vegas has the biggest total of the night. Their top line coming in around 5%. Um, I know San Jose's had a pretty good penalty kill, but they have been bailed out with some really high save percentages on the on the penalty kill. I think going back to both Vegas lines are definitely in play for me, especially with low ownership. You want to dabble with that Sharks top line? I think that's fine, especially where – the ownership is low. It is a 2.6 total, but for the Sharks, it's pretty much that top line, maybe a little bit of couture where that number is coming from. Timo's expensive. I do kind of like that Sharks top line, but for me, this is a Vegas game. So here's an interesting thing about San Jose. They started this the year on the in Europe, right? They went and played uh, Nashville for those two European games. Then they came home and got their brain speed in uh, for a couple games against Carolina and Chicago, and then hit the road. Um, since going on the road, they're on a they're a 500 team. They're generating the eighth most expected goals in the league um, of any team over their last 12 games. I think it is, or 12 or 13 games now. Um, at a mark that's better than teams like Tampa Bay, Toronto, the Rangers, and the Oilers. Um, now, they're not scoring because they don't really have a lot of great goal scorers, so that's a little bit of an issue. But this team has been playing a lot better since, I guess, readjusting to returning from Europe. So, I agree. I like Vegas here. I like the ownership and everything. It just feels like um, people are underrating San Jose a little bit. Um you know, they had, trust me, they, they definitely have some games uh, of giving up a lot of goals. Um, goaltending hasn't really been that great for them, but the team itself is playing a little bit better. Um, I would just go back right to the Vegas top line. They've just been so good offensively this year. 4.1 expected goals for 5.9 actual goals. They're shooting less than 13% as a line. Um which, you know, maybe there's a little bit of regression, but this certainly isn't Montreal 1 shooting 25%, right? So um, they're all playing uh, top power play. They're all getting 19 to 20 minutes. Um, I wonder how long the San Jose top line can kind of hold up with their good defensive play with Kevin LeBanc there. Um, he's typically not very good defensively. Um, that top line will see them a little bit here tonight. So it is Vegas 1 that I like the most here. Um, they're not coming in with... Uh, much ownership um, at all, um, about five to six percent by our top stacks tool. So, Vegas one is my favorite line here. I just don't 
I wish there was lower ownership on San Jose. It's like San Jose won and Vegas won. There's only like one and a half percent or two percent separating them in in our projected ownership. I, I, I'll rather I, I'll just take the home team with the top line that's playing much better, um, that has a bigger home total. So um, if you want to go to San Jose one, like I kind of get it. It's really not. I, I think they're playing well enough to justify it, and there is good leverage on them here tonight. But it's Vegas one that I that I like the best here by far. Yeah, 3.8 total, not too much ownership. Definitely attractive there. Let's move to the blue line. Eric Carlson, most expensive D-man of the night, 8,500. Don't know if I can get to that, even if I had the salary, which I won't. But if I did, that's a tough click for me. Petrangelo at 7K, also a pretty tough click. There just isn't much outside of maybe Mario, Mario Ferraro. Maybe Braden McNabb. <laughs> I know there's not much. Ferraro is the guy I wrote up in the power play article. Um, Redding Cmec um, is injured, so maybe Ferraro sees a little bit more ice time here tonight. Um, he can put up some blocks. Um, already has a block bonus a game in a game against Vegas so far this year. So I think Ferraro, if you need a cheap guy over on DK, other than that, that's about it. Yeah, let's uh, talk about the late night hammer. And it's a pretty good one here, I think. Detroit Red Wings with a 3.2 total heading into Anaheim. The Ducks have a 3.2 total as well. Uh, goalies unconfirmed. Huso, Gibson. Um, Ducks never really confirmed their goalie. Probably going to be Huso. Tyler Bertuzzi back for the Wings tonight, moving to that top line, top power play with Larkin and Raymond. Old Detroit 1 is back together. Kubli, Kopp, Sunquist on line 2. Peron down on line three. Ducks line as good as guess as any. Henrique Zegers Terry. After that, Regenda with Stroma Vitrano. I don't know. One of those things you just never know. Ducks have beat riders. You wouldn't know, but they have them. They don't really tweet out the lineups. We'll find out around 9.30 p.m. Eastern what they are. Detroit top line with Bertuzzi. I'll let you talk about Bertuzzi, but that definitely – Helps Detroit one here. It helps their power play. I like Detroit one here tonight. I do like some of the duck side. I just wish we had, you know, better line confirmations. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll mention off the hop is that Detroit power play, like I'm assuming Oscar Sunkfist gets the boot and they put Bertuzzi back there. So then they go um, Dylan Larkin, Tyler Bertuzzi, uh, David Perron, Dominique Kubelik and Phil, Philip Peronic actually. Philip Peronic uh, was back running the top power play unit in the Red Wings' last game. So um, he's been priced down a lot. Um, he's down to 3400 over on DK. So I think Philip Peronic makes a nice option on the blue line here tonight. The way Anaheim runs their lines is they often send out that Strom line against top competition. I'm not sure why, because the Strom line has been getting their brains beat in so far this year. Uh, 110 minutes together for Strom and Petrano, two expected goals for 3.2 against, um, you know, the actual goals for a little bit better as John Gibson has played well behind them, but um, they're really just not a good five on five line and the Detroit top line, not elite, but good. And you get two out of three guys on the top power play unit and Anaheim has a bad penalty kill as well so um where the, i i don't mind the anaheim top line here actually they're just coming in with a 
a bit more ownership than I would like to see. Um, but if, you know, if my choice is between that Anaheim top line, 16,700 or the Columbus top line, 15,100, I'd find the extra $1,500 and play the Anaheim top line. Just they're coming in like at a third, the ownership. Um, and they get the depth from second and third lines from Detroit and the second and third lines from Detroit have really struggled defensively this year. Andrew Kopp has just been bad, like flat out bad this year. Um, I don't think they can put up a big fight um, against what's a pretty good Anaheim top line of Terry, Zegers, and Henrique. So I do like that Anaheim line better than some other of those mid-price lines. Um, but it's the Detroit top line that I like here the most. Um, Anaheim 3.7 times shorthanded this year uh, amongst the 10 most penalized team in the league. Detroit's actually drawing 3.8 power plays uh, per game this year, which is amongst the highest uh, in the league. I think they're fifth for power plays per game. So I think I'd want to get the PP1 guys here for Detroit. So Larkin and Bertuzzi especially, uh, throw in Perron for an additional power play stack. Uh, Heronic 3,400 on DK makes a lot of sense. So that's that's where I'm at, Detroit. Detroit 1 slash Detroit power play. Yeah. And, you know, if you get confirmation on some Ducks lines, I think that's fine. Like, I don't want to play like 10% Anaheim 1, like you said. I guess you could take bits and pieces, like a one-off Terry, which is an expensive one-off, but he's been very good. Or like a Zegers Henrique or something like that. If you really like them, I think it, you know 10% ownership isn't a massive deterrent. For me, I like some better lower-owned stuff. Let's move to the blue line. You mentioned Chronic on power play one. He's 3,400. That's pretty obvious there. You want to add in Klingberg to the Ducks power play. He's 4,200. It's fine. Like other guys... Cam Fowler, 2,900, I think is all right. Kulikov, sees pretty big minutes. Uh, ben Sherratt, under 4K on DraftKings, I think is fine as well. we got to mention my buddy, Jake Wallman. Jake Wallman back in the lineup for Detroit tonight, playing on the third pair for them. He came over from St. Louis, I think, in the Jordan Cairo robbie Fabry deal, though I don't really remember. It was, the, it was the Letty? Was it the Letty? Oh, maybe it was the Letty deal. Yeah, yeah, it, was Letty deal. yeah it was the Letty deal. Anyways. The deal with Jake Wallman is he's like 26 years old now, never really got a big shot in the NHL, but in his limited minutes back in St. Louis, he had really, really good offensive uh, driving numbers, things like shot assists, passes leading to shots for teammates, you know, zone entries, um, which can lead to more sustained offense. I think there's a chance that he's actually a pretty good offensive defenseman. He's mid-price, so if you need a, a, a $2,500 defenseman, I think he's usable here. I wouldn't just jam him in just because, because Detroit basically plays four defensemen. Um, Sherrod, Cedar, Mata, and Hronik will all play 20-plus, and then the third pair will probably play, you know, like 15 minutes or 16 minutes or something. So I just want to mention Jake Wallman because uh, I like I like him as a defenseman. Uh, Stone mid-price, uh, good to see him back in the lineup. Yeah. Hopefully he starts seeing some good minutes because I would like to use him in DFS as well. Coming up after us, we have the NBA Deeper Dive at 5.30 p.m. Eastern with Josh Angleman and Ship My Money. NBA Live Before Lock at 6.30 with Lally. <laughs> Lally. David. <laughs> Greg Ang. Oh, we are struggling today. Live Before Lock, 6.30 Eastern. Make sure to smash that like button. There are a lot of you here. I want more likes. We want more likes. We like liking stuff. Goalies, who are you liking? Well, we just mentioned, talked about Detroit. So, Billy Huso uh, is a goaltender I do like here tonight. UC Saros on both sides. Like, I like Huso on both sides. I like UC Saros uh, on both sides for Nashville. 
I guess if you want to go with the 6,500 Matt Murray, um, that's definitely playable, but uh, I would definitely wear a helmet uh, watching that game. Um, I like opposing goalies on different sites in the same game. I like Carter Hart's price on DK, and I like Elvis Merzlikens' price over on FanDuel. You mentioned all the goalies that I wrote down, except I will add in Marc-Andre Fleury. I don't mind him as well. Who are you liking to score that hat trick tonight? Already brought him up. Um, playing power play one for your Florida Panthers, it's slamming Sammy Reinhardt. Uh, he's my hat trick pick for tonight. I am going Jake Gensel. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Let's light up the Leafs, boys. Let's see that happen again. Yeah, let's light up the Leafs. I want to see Leafs Twitter just melt. Let's do it. So my favorite, it's my favorite part every time they play. Oh, nothing better than the couple weeks after the Leafs get eliminated in the first round is the greatest time of the year. Better than Christmas. Some may argue. Scholars have argued it. But anyway, we have run overtime. For Slim Cliffy, I'm your host, Josh Harris. We will see you on Thursday. Um, again, hit smash that like. Use that BetMGM promo. We'll see you in Discord. We'll see you on Twitter. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone.